All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Sherry Holbert over at Century 21 Executive Realty. If you have any house needs or you are looking to just find a house in the Paris Lamar County area, go check her out. Find her on Facebook. Give her a call. Uh, I know her office is over there by kind of like the Walmart stretch of death side of town, so you can even go over there, find their big Century 21 sign, pull in there. You probably could ask her a few questions if you're looking for a place to buy. Um, let's get this podcast started welcome to another paris texas a podcast this is a podcast where you get to listen to people's stories people that have either influenced or lived in the city of paris texas i love hearing their stories and i can't wait for you to hear the next guest Alright guys, today's guest is a friend of mine. We've I've known him for a while, so I'm super excited about this podcast. Casey Wrestler, what's up? How's it going? Um, so where were you born? Paris, Texas. Paris, Texas. The Christian Regional Medical Center. That's a that's a common that's a common answer, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but I always love the guys that are gr- people that aren't from here, because then you get to figure out how they why in the heck did they get here or how did they get here? Like it's always a good story. Alright, so you were born here, where'd you go to school? Paris. Your whole life? Whole life. Whole life. Paris. What was your What was your thing? Like, what did you do? Mm, <laughs> uh, played soccer poorly. Poorly? Yes. And I was in band. What did uh, you play? I played a combination of things. I played trumpet and I played drums. Oh, wow. Do you, so, do you still play the drums? Sometimes. I feel like I've seen you play the drums at some point in time. In I have. My I, mean, knowledge I, I do sometimes, but I haven't played in a while. Um, okay, so uh, soccer poorly, huh? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Do you still play soccer? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I have enough trauma from that. No, no, it was fine. Uh, primarily, you know, soccer was where all my friends were. Mm. And so, you know, Colin. Yeah, Colin. You know, Colin Hadley and uh, Billy Kennedy and guys like that. We were all friends, so it was kind of natural, even if I sucked at it, to still be there, yeah. you know, and hang out with your friends. That makes sense. All right, so you went through high school. You played soccer. Mm-hmm. You uh, you did a, the band thing. Mm-hmm. What What was your plan when you finished school? Didn't know. I was, I was really had a hard time figuring out what direction I was going to take. And so, you know, as most people do, I started at PJC, taking some classes. One of the guys I went to high school with, and uh, his name is Terry Robinson, he had joined the Army National Guard. So I thought, hey, that's something I've never really thought about doing. And I thought about it and kind of just decided that was what I was going to do. And my excuse was, I'm going to do this so I can, you know, go to college. It's not going to cost, you know, my family anything if I join the Army. Um, this was after 9-11. So okay. I kind of knew there's a possibility something could come of that. So at any rate, so at the time I was, uh, I'd worked in restaurants. I was a bartender. I mean, I'd kind of done a little bit of everything, construction, you name it. And um, I went to basic training. What yeah, What year was this? This would have been, so I graduated in 2002. So this would have been 2003. I went to basic training. And it was hard. Because I'm an infantryman. So infantry basic training is at Fort Benning, Georgia. And um, in the summer, it's really nice and really hot. So I got through that, came back to town, went, kind of went back to working and bartending. And then I got deployed. So this was in 2000 and end of 2003, if memory serves, and I may have all these times wrong. I'm not good with dates. That's okay. 
So anyhow, at that point, we went to Fort Hood, and because um, we're we were Texas Army National Guard, so okay. we're Army, but we're also Texas. <laughs> so basically, they they piecemealed a bunch of people together because our unit had just gotten was in Afghanistan at the time. So they piecemealed a bunch of us together. We went over there with an engineer battalion, and uh, we did a six month train up. Yeah, six month train up at. Fort Hood, Fort Polk, Louisiana. So then we go overseas in 2004. Actually, I was overseas in 05, so, so I don't remember when. But So I go overseas. Um, that tour was where I learned how to fly a drone, and mm-hmm. we kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, these were when drones were quite a bit different than they are today. They were like they were like little airplane. That's exactly things. what it was. Yeah. It was an, it was basically like a hobby sized airplane. The it used a computer. We had to have like a tough book, and it also had its own like basically a Pelican case that was like the size of a briefcase, and that was like the control system. And they were big enough to like they could have a, a payload. They could carry something, right? These weren't. Okay. No, these were meant to be. This was the first kind of iteration of what they called the Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, which was made by a company. I don't remember which company it was. So when we fly these, they're meant to be thrown. They're meant to crash land. They had, and you had to choose your camera before you launched. So in the nose cone of it, you'd get a 45 degree down straight ahead, 45 degree side. So you could loiter, you know, you could spin Mm -hmm. around in a circle. And you also had to pick whether you were going to use infrared or regular. No turning back. Yeah. Once you're up, you're up. Yeah. So, and I mean, they were pretty primitive, like to the point that you know we'd fly at night primarily because it's so hot during the day, and yeah. the batteries and stuff just didn't play nice. So in order to be able to see it, to actually land it, we had to like tape infrared strobes to it. They're literally attached to the top of a nine volt battery, and you'd tape them to the side so you could see it enough to land it. And you had to retrieve these because there wasn't cloud <laughs> like storage back then. No, like we would have a GPS coordinate. We lost one. Um, we actually, so when I went to the training in Kuwait, it was in the, kind of in the middle of the tour, the first part of the tour. I was, I was overseas for a year. So we went to Kuwait. They basically said, who wants to go learn to fly a drone? And I was like, that sounds cool. So I went down there. We did the training. We got certified. And we came back. And then they're like, oh, you can't fly them here because we were in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And we're right next to Baghdad International Airport, so we're kind of like, well, that was a waste of time. We got all this equipment. We learned how to do all this, and they wouldn't let us do it. Well, then our brigade came down and said, hey, we've got a mission for for some drone guys. Uh, you're going to go out with the British, and basically we're out towards the Iranian border. So I'm like, yes, anything. So we go out there, and the base is about probably maybe a couple acres you could mm-hmm. throw a rock and hit the other side of him. It's this tiny base. Uh, they had had a lot of people get killed out there. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a weird spot that things would happen all the time. And so we get out there. There's four Americans on the whole base. Everyone else is British, which was awesome because they're fun. You know, they <laughs> like to have a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so anyways, we flew out there and we flew a lot of missions. We, had, we, we lost one. We got it back after they tried to get intelligence from it someone had like cut it open and stuff wow really oh yeah yeah what were they gonna do with that could they do anything with that not at that time because i mean you got to understand this is like iphones the iphone wasn't even a thing because i remember somebody had an ipod touch and i thought that was the craziest thing i'd ever seen yeah so the technology was so new and we had to learn like actually how to fly 
with bearings and doing reverse azimuths so you know you know on a compass yeah like we had a lot of weird things that people fly drones today don't even understand because a drone today you know yeah it goes up in there and you let go and it just sits there ours didn't do that yeah you know you had to be flying somewhere and planning and there was no altitude you know settings you'd have to stay at the altitude there was a lot of weird stuff with them but anyways and so i came back from that tour um so i was over there for a year primarily in baghdad spent part of the year out with the british um came back and was a little bit confused on what to do next because at this point i'd had some college um i was good at being an infantryman maybe all right at being an infantryman (laughs) and so i didn't really know what to do Uh, i was still in the the guard so i came home and um decided i was going to try to go to a&m so this time I actually met my wife at that time. Um, she lived in Huntsville. She's from Paris. Never knew her. Because she was North Lamar, right? Yes. And okay. so we just did not run in the same circles, I guess. And, 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 what, so, and she was close to me. Yes. I think she, I, I remember her from school. Yeah. So, and so okay. she, she graduated the same year I did, but we just never knew each other. Because I never knew you. <laughs> no. No, I don't. It's weird how that works. But yeah, it's crazy. We met here in Paris at an engagement party for a friend, and um, she was living in Huntsville. I was moving to College Station, and so we dated for a while. And then uh, after about a year and a half, I got deployed again. And at that point, we'd been together. We knew we were, we were going to get married. So we real quickly planned a wedding. All that stuff. Got married. Uh, I pulled out of school. She had already graduated. Mm-hmm. Moved back to Paris just because that's her home too. Mm-hmm. And that way she could be here. So then I go overseas again. And this is in 2008-ish. Yeah, 7-8. So this trip was going to be a little bit shorter than the other one. So we trained up in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is hot. Um, and then, but this was actually nice because I was going with my home unit. So yeah. I was going with the guys that, you know, our, we were alpha company out of Greenville, uh, third and one forty fourth for those that care. And, uh, anyhow, so we, we went back overseas. We were over there for nine, 10 months. Uh, this trip was different. We were doing primarily convoys. So we'd move up and down the roads at night, uh, typically with 30, 18 wheelers. And so we got through the year, came back home. At this point, I'm starting to get close to being able to get out. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of confused about what do I do? You know, again. I, I, yeah, again. I mean, you know, if you want me to shoot at stuff, I'm good at that. But other than that, I don't, you know, I can work on guns, but I can't, you know, I don't have any real marketable skill. It's not like I'm a mechanic or something. So I came back and, uh, you know, my dad's been in real estate at that time, 35 years or so. He's like, why don't you try real estate? And I'm thinking, Yeah. This is not going to work. <laughs> this is not a good idea. I don't see how this is going to happen. So I got my real estate license, and the rest is pretty much history. That was 10 years ago. And you've so been doing it for 10 years. Been doing it for 10 years now, yeah. That's crazy. Kind of a weird way to go about things, but, you know, it worked for me. Um, and, and you've had some kids in there, right? Yes. So we didn't have our, our first child until after my last deployment okay and that was kind of i mean obviously there wasn't any time <laughs> no, beforehand because we literally wedding. we got married and then i remember went on our honeymoon as soon as we got back from our honeymoon i was in, back in mississippi and then we were six months trying up before we left so yeah it was pretty quick but after i got back um wife soon after got pregnant with my son anderson he's now nine and then uh 
a couple years later we had Asley, who is seven, and then now we have Finley, who is two. And we have a Finley. Yeah, I know. We didn't steal Ours it came from, first. Though. Yeah, we didn't steal it from you. <laughs> <laughs> we call him Finn more often than Finley. Uh, we do, too. Okay, yeah. good. Um, okay, I don't think I knew that y'all had a Finley. Is that bad? I'm, I don't I'm know. A, that's okay. I'm a terrible friend. No, I don't expect you to know my children's name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, have a, I had a Finley, and she's about to turn three in March. But luckily, mine's a boy. Yeah, there we so, go. You know, but you know how names come and go. It's like, uh, like part of the reason we chose Anderson was it's a family name. My my dad's mother's maiden name was Anderson. My wife's maiden name is Anderson. Oh, is it really? Yes, that's crazy. And at the time, there weren't a lot of Andersons. And there's not. She's like, she always jokes. She's like, I went from Anderson, which is like not a real common name, to Broadway, which is like. No, no, it's the opposite. I went from Anderson, which is a common name, right. to Broadway, which is a super not common name. Yeah. Um, but Anderson's not a common first name. First name, no. I mean, you have obviously everybody knows Anderson Cooper, but you don't see that one very often. Liam, I, when we picked Liam, Liam was not a popular name. But then you had like one, Liam Neeson, right? Huh? And then like after you had him, and yeah, there's, it, you also see more Liam's of it everywhere. It's weird. There's something to that because like even when you. I don't know. Isley's the one I've never seen another Isley. I haven't. I don't know that I know another Isley. That's yeah, that one's just solid name. Yeah. Well, you know, good pick. You do the best. You is can, that you right? or is this your wife? That one was most most assuredly my wife. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, okay. I mean, we kind of went through a lot of your story, but I want to I want to jump back to a bunch of different little things. Okay. You are quite the hobbyist. I do have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> I have had a lot of hobbies. <laughs> if you and ask I, anyone that knows me very well, I tend to. Find something I like, and I go all in. I don't go halfway. I don't do it a little bit. I do it all the way. And that has varied more times than I can count at this point. And actually, now I'm to the point now in my life where I'm careful about what I try. Like, uh, for example, at one point or another, I've been into racing RC cars, um, shooting of all types. Uh, mountain bikes is the current thing. Well, mount any kind of bicycle. Um because you do like gravel bikes and, yeah, and mountain, mountain bikes. bikes and mountain bikes is my favorite thing. That's what I really love. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great hobby. And I ride with a lot of guys that I can see that there's a future there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, some hobbies you do, you're not going to be able to do when you're 60 years old. I ride with guys that, are, that six- are 65. Yeah. And they can outrun me. And so I love that because it has some longevity. But yeah, so I, I have a lot of hobbies. I, you know, we we've talked about this already today. Y'all weren't here for photography. I love taking pictures, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really a fun hobby that I've had for a long time. And you started that one off with just like a GoPro. Like you mm-hmm. had a GoPro, and you'd go out at night and do night photography on a GoPro. Well, it kind of started at first because when phone cameras kind of got, you know, probably iPhone 5 somewhere in there, the phone cameras got so good that it became a challenge for me to take cool pictures mm-hmm. with not that great equipment. Yep. And that kind of continued into the GoPro because I figured out I could take lightning shots by time lapsing. Yeah. And just happened to catch it. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And now I'm, you know, I've got a better camera and I've learned a lot and, you know, hung around people like Tony. Tony? And, and he can teach us some stuff. Yeah, Tony Corso. I've I? tried to get him on my podcast. I have not convinced him yet. You just got to corner him. I know. He's a great, t- I don't know why he wouldn't do it. He's a great talker. <laughs> he has a lot of great stories. He does. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm quite the hobbyist, and actually, like, I went and shot um, sporting clays with a friend a while back, and I was just like, no, I can't do that again, because I'll be into that, or, or golf. Like, I've never, I'd never play golf. 
because I know better. I know me. I know better. You, you, so I've learned. And that's to, an expensive hobby. Every every hobby is an expensive hobby. It's true. <laughs> you know, it's never. How does your wife deal with you coming home with new hobbies? Um, she just rolls her eyes. Uh, but she, she, I mean, she knew what she was getting into. But <laughs> it's true. You, you know, and it's been as innocuous as like there was a period when I got really big into video games mm-hmm. and I still I still like playing video games but like I was like all about Call of Duty and it was a problem it was a problem for her for the marriage <laughs> so I had to kind of you know nip that in the bud but and now my kid's doing it and I'm like well I can't be mad at him that's true understand man. where it comes from I I've never gotten like addicted to video games but I love playing them um I probably more so love watching tv and and movies and I've had to dial that back in my life because I could see how it like it can be taken over. Yeah, and I miss like once one of the things me and Rachel used to do when we didn't have any kids was we'd go to the movies like once a week or mm-hmm. more. And I miss that because I don't really get to do that anymore. But no. it was fun. No, you have three kids and you can't. No, and, and really now I really want my hobbies to be something that my kids can do. And you know, part of the reason I've been so involved with the pump track is for that purpose because. Yep that's a way you know people don't understand it that don't know what pump tracks are but it's really a way to train a mountain biker mm-hmm. because all the skills they learn on a pump track is stuff you use to ride a mountain bike and so that being something that's in town it's easy to get to there's not a huge learning curve mm-hmm. i mean you just, at, the, at its simplest you ride around it where a mountain bike trail you know kids have to be a certain age before they have enough leverage to really be able to to ride it properly it's like the bunny slopes for mountain bike yeah riding. it is and, it, and it's its own sport within itself but stuff like that i really want hobbies that i can do with my kids yeah because you know they're not going to be around forever so yeah i i mean i i like that my kids like to do photography occasionally and make videos and be silly and that's that's all those are my hobbies being yeah. silly well it works right yeah um so uh if you had if if you had to pick another hobby right now, what would it be that you could go all in on? That's a hard question. I don't know. I have to mm. really think about that. I'll think about if, it. Okay. Okay. Or if I could if I could do anything. Anything. Uh, uh, powered parachute. Power parachute. Mm-hmm. Powered parachute. What is powered parachute? Where you wear a backpack that's a fan, and you basically oh. have. You know, there's somebody around here that has one, but it's like a cart. And okay. It's basically, so you have a motor on your back and a parachute above you, so you can like motor around. Oh. I don't know. It's just something I've always thought looked cool. Oh, okay. I could get into skydiving. Re- reverse the question. Okay. If you had to get rid of a hobby right now, what would it be? If if I just said you can't you can't ever do this the rest of your life. Yep. Video games. Video games. Yeah. yeah, just because I, I'm more of a, you know, I like the, the, the thing I love about mountain biking is, is it, you know, it's a rush. Yeah. It's kind of dangerous, and I, I've always been attracted to things that are a little bit dangerous. Like, I got into paintball when I was a kid just because it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of made it fun. But I've been into CrossFit. I got into that for a while, for three, yeah. years, three years I got into that. So, yeah, it, it changes. I don't know. Yeah. And so mountain biking, just so people know, I, I might have talked about this in the past podcast, but you are very instrumental in Barber Hills, right? I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say I'm very instrumental, but I do participate with, uh, you know, our trail steward, who's Brian, Brian Hargis. Um, there's a lot of work. People don't realize that, one, we have 13.1 miles of trails. I think mm-hmm. that's the right number, thereabouts. And um, 
all those trails at some point have trees on them. They have things have to be cut back. You know, we have to, trees fall down all the time. And you look at how much land's out there and you think, well, the trail's just a tiny little piece of that land. But I mean, there's a tree. Every time we get a, any kind of wind blowing, there's trees down that got to be cut up and moved. Mm-hmm. That have to be, excuse me. Uh, and then like here lately with all the rain. So we've had to go out and sort out some drainage problems and fix some areas and like haul gravel back into places to try to fix stuff so it's not so bad after it rains. So yeah, there's a lot of work that has to take place in that and I do try to help with that as much as I can. And we have several people that uh, volunteer quite often and are out there, you know, every couple of weeks doing something. And you guys add like elements to the to the whole We do. I mean, there's like ramps and not ramps like you like like a. We are expert bridge builders at this bridge. point. <laughs> uh, we, we just built one. I don't know if you saw. I think you saw the time lapse I posted of us building a bridge. Yes, yes, I did see that. The biggest problem with out there is getting to the places you need to do something because, you know, can't you're not supposed to ride a four wheeler out there. But if we're doing trail maintenance, we've tried that, and it's. I'd rather ride a bike through there. I'd rather walk yeah. than ride a four-wheeler through there and so getting your materials to the place that you're trying to work is the hardest part about what we do so we're trying we're trying to add elements so mountain bike trails a lot of times will have some small jumps bridges what we call skinnies which are really narrow bridges mm-hmm. um we'll do stuff like that uh, we've got some plans we're working on for some stuff in the future that's going to be really cool and then y'all have these like side they're not ramps but they're like side walls that you like berms th- that yeah, yeah, berms. And in some places, they make those out of wood. Uh, and some of them get quite tall. And that's called a wall ride. But, yeah, we, and we want to add more and more elements like that just because it makes the trail more fun. Yeah. Uh, and we always, everything we build has a way to get around it. So if somebody isn't doesn't want to do it, you don't have to. It's not, you know, it, there's a way to go around everything. So. That's awesome. I enjoy it. I, I love getting out there. It's just, you know, it's peaceful. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I, I've I've been out there. Actually, I walked it one time uh, with my camera gear because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I shot a yeah. video. And let me tell you, walking it with all your gear, I was I was wishing. Actually, I remember thinking, you know, the military has like a I don't know what they're called, like a mule mm-hmm. or something. It, it looks like a horse. Yeah, it walks yeah, and I've it walks. That. That's what I don't know if they actually use that. It was a DARPA program, wasn't it? I have no idea. I just it's saw cr- YouTube really videos of it. It is very scary looking. <laughs> But that's what you needed? Yeah, I could put my camera on it and just let it walk out there. Yeah, that, that trail, there's actually a couple of people that run on that trail, which blows my mind. Because, yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to ride a bike on it, but trying to run on that with all the roots. And and there's crazy. some, like, steep parts of it as mm-hmm. well, like really steep. Yeah, and it's one of those things that when you're off the bike, you're like, Man, I don't even know how they ride through this stuff. But when you're doing it, it's just, not that bad. Yeah, just power through it. Just go. Just go. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. Okay. I've been asking this question, and it's... I feel real... like I should talk about real estate a little bit. <laughs> oh, you, you want to? <laughs> well, no. You're fine. We can talk about real estate. I've talked all about my hobbies. <laughs> Not my career. Not your career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, so... Okay. What is your favorite place? Hard question. Ready? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite place to go... In Paris, Lamar County. For what purpose? Anything. Anything, be anything Just you a want. Favorite place. Just to favorite go. place to go. I mean, I guess I'd have to say the mountain bike trails. Just because it's a place I go to frequently. That's not. It serves. I don't have any other reason to be there. Right. right. So maybe that place. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 
And if anybody does have real estate needs, you can't always call. I can't, I can't help you. <laughs> you can help you. Yeah, yeah. No, real estate's been good. It, it was a it was a career choice that when I first started, I didn't really know how it was going to work out. I read, I wasn't sure that it was for me, and it turns out that I'm pretty, pretty good, good at, at it. it, and I and I do enjoy it. And you know, we work with a great group here. You know, we have the thing about real estate agents is we all compete, but we're all we all have to work together. We we were meeting you and I and a group of people the other night, and you told me something that was very interesting to me. You, you your brother in law, I think, had mentioned to you that you were ex- excellent at reading people. Yeah, it was actually my brother. Your brother, okay. And he said, you know, you have this ability, and I and I thought it was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that when someone tells you you're something, you think everyone else is that. Yeah. You know, like if if someone tells you, you know, you do this, no one else does that, or it's not normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so my brother was talking about the ability to react to people as you're talking to them, and, and what that does is it allows, you know, me to have a conversation with people about anything. About anything. Yeah. No, I'm an expert at it. You can ask my wife, because she says no matter where I go, I find somebody to talk to about something they know about. It might not even be something I know anything about. I always find it hard. See, I like I make not fun of myself, but like I'm a terrible icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Like. At, at any occasion, if I go up to into a, a place where there's a lot of people and I don't know someone that I can instantly go to and talk to them, mm-hmm. like I will lock down. Like I, yeah, I mean, I do that too. I feel like if, if I go somewhere where I don't know anybody and like I walk in and say, you're there, I'm going to start with you. Right. But then that's going to lead me into another conversation. And I'm, my wife would tell you that I'm famous for leaving her. <laughs> uh, if we go somewhere together and we're at an event or whatever, I'm walking around talking, and it's just my natural state. Yeah. So I enjoy talking to different people. And yeah. She's not so much like that. She'd kind of rather just chill, you know. What happens for me is, like, someone will walk up to me and be like, because I have, like, this wooden bow tie I'm known for wearing all the time, and someone right. will be like, is that a wooden bow tie? And then instantly I'm best friends with that person. Mm-hmm. Like, I can talk to them all day. Or... um Another one is my beard and, and mustache. If someone comes up to me, it's like, dude, I really like your your mustache. Right. Instantly friends with that person. But I, as a person, for some reason, can't go up to a be- another bearded person and be like, dude, I really like uh, respect, man. That's a nice beard. And and I just can't I can't start a conversation. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things that I think it's a skill that you learned and you know you learn. And in real estate. You have to learn how to break ice because yeah. a lot of times you're in a you're in a house with somebody you may never have met before, and you know you don't want to make them feel weird. Yeah, and so it kind of comes. I think it's something that comes with doing it a lot, and so I'm more comfortable. Like if I'm somewhere where I don't know anybody, and somebody says something to me, I'll strike up a conversation with them, and you know talk about anything. Really. Anything, yeah. drones, yeah, whatever. whatever. It doesn't matter. I I, I enjoy. I enjoy getting to know people and, you know, I always feel like that everybody uh, has a unique experience that they can share. And so kind of finding out what that is is interesting to me. Hey, that's like most of the reason why I started a podcast. Well, it definitely is interesting. I think that a lot of people are a lot more interesting than I think. Oh, definitely think that. Well, I'm sure you see it because people are like, I don't know why anybody want to hear me talk. Exactly. I've done four podcasts a day. Mm-hmm. And three out of the four had said that exact thing. Mm-hmm. They said, "I don't. I'm not. I'm not interesting. Or I don't know why anybody would want to hear my story." And three, and all three of them at the end of the podcast said, "Well, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be." Nah, it's really not. I think that you know, one thing that 
we talk about a lot is, you know, people not interacting, mm-hmm. not having conversations. And one of my favorite things to do, the things that make me feel the most fulfilled and satisfied is having a great conversation with somebody. Yeah. And it's taken a long time for me to realize it, but like just sitting down with a friend and it can be the most innocuous conversation, but there's something about that that yeah. is, is good for us as humans. And I've true. enjoyed that. And I guess that might be what makes me good at my job. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I would see that. And just being able to like share life together. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things I've always just found. I mean, there's times when people aren't interesting. Interesting. We, it happens, right? Yeah. But there's, for the most part, people, people have something interesting to say. And it's about getting to that point where they can tell you, you know, whatever it is, their story. Yeah. And I like that. I think yeah. it's cool. That's awesome. Okay. All right, man. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It was an awesome podcast. All right, guys. If you uh, can check it out, check us out next week. We're going to have another podcast every Monday. We try not to miss, uh, and there'll be a new guest. I'm excited for that new guest. Uh, You all just have to wait and see who it is. Um, Again, I want to plug Sherry Holbert. She is a local realtor. Did I say that right? You said it right. Yes. She's a local realtor. Let's just let's just have a quick disclaimer. Okay, go. Realtor does not have an extra A in it. So it's not real utter. No. Realtor. Realtor. Yes. Um a little little tidbit of Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to uh, help you uh, out. Pearl there. wisdom right there. <laughs> um and uh, she's about she's a mile past Walmart. Half a mile east of Walmart. There we go. That's her right office. Inside. Uh, you can see, you can find her on Facebook. You can uh, give her a call. Uh, just if you have any needs on, on wanting to buy a house or look for a house, hit her up. Uh, and thank you, Sherry, for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> Bye, guys.